And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. That we can, and so help us God, we will make America great again. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the No Gimmicks Podcast. I'm your humble host, as always, Brady Leonard. Um, a lot to get to today, as always. Obviously, the very sad news coming out of Pittsburgh um, over the weekend, the anti-Semitic attack at a synagogue. Um, also, the mail bomber sending pipe bombs to prominent Democrats has been caught. Um, I'll talk about all of that with my good friend Aaron Bandler from Jewish Journal. Always a good time talking to Aaron. Uh, Before I get to our chat, though, I want to say hi to our sponsors over at 1776 United. 1776 United is the absolute best conservative apparel company anywhere in the country. They are absolutely fantastic. Um, They have anything you want, any kind of shirt, tank, uh, hoodie, hats, uh, for men and women. All their designs are super creative. It is really, really great stuff. You guys are going to love this company. You have to check them out. Um, all of their apparel is super soft, fits really nice. It is really great, high-quality stuff. Nothing heavy, nothing scratchy, none of that BS. Um, check them out at 1776united.com. That is 1776united.com. Uh, make sure you use the promo code GIMMICKS. That is the promo code GIMMICKS. They will give you 15% off of your order and of the promo code gimmicks at checkout over at 1776united.com. I also want to say hi to our friends over at Premier Vapor. If you smoke and you want to quit or if you vape already, you need to check out Premier Vapor. They have the largest selection of premium e-liquid anywhere in the country. All their stuff is delicious. Um, it, it's it, they're, they're great. And this is not a mom-and-pop shop. They have a state-of-the-art lab out in California. All their stuff is great. They have any kind of tank, but mod, battery, any kind of coils or atomizers, atomizers that you need. They have everything. Um, check them out at premiervaporandlounge.com. And if you are in the area, well, if you're in Northwest Ohio specifically, they have physical locations in Perrysburg and Holland, Ohio. Uh, both of their physical stores have an awesome sale going on right now on liquid, really great prices. And if you're not in the area, check out PremierVaporAndLounge.com. They'll give you free shipping on all orders over 35 bucks. And if you haven't already, please follow us on Twitter at NoGimmicksPod. Please subscribe on iTunes or SoundCloud. If you're on iTunes, please give us a five-star rating and a good review. I'd really appreciate that. And if you like what you're hearing and want to get involved, um, check us out on Patreon. Download the Patreon app or go to patreon.com slash the No Gimmicks Podcast. You can contribute monthly there. Um, We're always trying to make this thing bigger and better, and if you join us on Patreon, you will be a part of that. Also, we do a listener mail section um, once a week, and if you're on Patreon, that guarantees that you get your questions answered. All right, without further ado, here is my chat with Aaron Bandler. All right, guys, we're here with Aaron Bandler from Jewish Journal. Aaron, uh, thanks so much for taking the time again, my friend. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. So let's just jump right into the the horrible news from over the weekend. On Saturday morning, um, the deadliest anti-Semitic attack in the history of the United States occurred at Tree of Life Synagogue in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Uh, Eleven people were killed, six more wounded, including four police officers. Um, Let's just... Just big picture, Aaron, it would be naive, obviously, to, to think that these attacks would would ever stop happening. They've been happening for over 4,000 years now. Um, it, it is kind of the plight of the Jewish people. Scripture is pretty clear yeah. about that, in fact. Um, just what, what was your reaction as, as a Jewish person to, to the news breaking on Saturday morning? 
Well, I mean, it's it's still sort of surreal just to like, you know, because it, what happened what was happening on Saturday morning, like when the shooting took place, it was a bris, you know. Right. You know, it's that's supposed to be a very happy occasion, you know, and it's what you know that's obviously Jewish tradition, you know. But when when a new baby is born, to have you know, to have circumcision, to have the the breast, have the circumcision, all that's supposed to be a happy occasion, you know. People there are, are regulars, community members, you know, and all of a sudden, like this piece of human debris just comes in, shouts, "All Jews must die," and then kills eleven people. It's it's really scary to think about how it's like, you know, that that could have been like. I, I, that, that could have been literally any congregation, you know, that, right. any synagogue at any sort of services at any time. And it's really kind of scary to think about, you know, it's like, uh, you know, I, I like to think that these kinds of things are outliers. And I mean, it's not the first time there have been shootings of, of like, of, of like just community centers or, so, or something that affect. But, you know, when you have the deadliest attack in, in, in the deadliest anti-Semitic attack in American history happen, you know, in light of the various sort of, um, you know, anti-Semitism we face on both sides of the political aisle, I mean, it's sort of, it's very disconcerting to to sort of see all of it happening at once. And it just makes you realize that, you know, uh, I, that we really have to be vigilant in confronting anti-Semitism head on, no matter your political stripes, no matter what side it's on. And I, I think now a lot all, all these different synagogues and JCCs across the country need to really sort of uh, review their, their security and beef it up in, 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 in any way they can because we have to protect against these threats now because we just don't know if, if this can happen again and obviously you know we, we we all hope it never happens again but we but you know given all that all the anti-Semitism that's going on you can't be sure so you know we, we really have to make sure that our security is top notch everywhere. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. Um, I know the the JCC here in, in Toledo, Ohio, as well as uh, most of the synagogues yeah. do have security, and they they all have um, evacuation plans and and you know bomb threat plans and stuff like that. Um, I, I think that's um, definitely important. And just from the Christian side as well, I mean, I, I know hundreds of pastors across the country. I, I've met a, a ton of them at, at Christian music festivals and stuff uh, with my band and. Uh, I know most pastors, even at, at Christian churches, encourage you know uh, men in the congregation to carry weapons and, and stuff like that. And most churches have a plan uh, if if something like this were to happen. Since we've seen a lot of church shootings as well, and yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right. You know, vigilance really is key here, and every congregation, you know, Jewish, Christian, Muslim, uh, everyone across the board should have a plan of action if something like this were to happen. Unfortunately, that's just you know, the day and age that we're, we're living in. Um, like you said, this guy, and I, I'll never repeat, um, you know, the name of a, a shooter mm. or something on the show. I, I, I don't believe in that. I have a policy against it. But um, this man, he was in his 40s. He was a Pittsburgh resident. You know, he, he stormed the synagogue yelling, all Jews must die. His social media accounts were, were filled with anti-Jewish propaganda. Um, he says he hates, yeah. he says he hates President Trump. And he hates the federal government because they're, quote, controlled by the Jews. Um, so he's just really, you know, a, a disturbed, evil um, person. Um, predictably, the media immediately tried to paint this as it was somehow President Trump's fault. Or, you know, he's somewhat to, to blame for this, even though the, the shooter hated the president or hates the president. Um, 
and and President Trump is arguably the the most pro-Israel, pro-Jewish president in the history of the country, at least since Truman. Um, so that seems like a very very tough sell. Not not to make this immediately about politics, but this is where the media went uh, immediately. Um, yeah, you know, I, yeah. was, I was watching Face the Nation yeah. uh, yesterday morning, and they, they their political panel was trying to paint Trump as as a villain and all this. How how the hell do they plan on selling that to the American people that somehow President Trump is responsible for for this anti-Semitic attack? Well, you know, they like to blame Trump for everything. You know, it's it's like you know, if if if. if if they were like fall as faith were needed, they would blame Trump, you know. But like Trump, I was so angry by Trump. He he made me trip and, and hurt my knee, you know. I mean, I feel so. It's unfortunately, uh, when it comes to unfortunately, they're now as usual they're politicizing a, a you know a horrific act of evil like this and somehow blaming Trump for it, even though my my line of thinking when it comes to this stuff is that unless a politician specifically calls for violence. Any violence that's committed is not their fault. Like, Trump never called for violence against Jews. I never heard Trump say anything uh, anti-Semitic ever. I mean, his daughter is, is Orthodox Jew. She married an Orthodox Jew. Um, and like you said, he's been, he's been great for Israel. He's been great for the Jewish people. I mean, his administration deported a Nazi, like a literal Nazi, uh, and, 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 deported, and deported him. So uh, I don't know how anyone in the right mind could say that this is all Trump's fault. Oh, but the left wants to blame Trump for everything, and so he's a convenient scapegoat uh, for them. And I, I think the worst offender of this is Julia um, Ioff, or wherever you say your name. You know, that's uh, I think she works for the Atlantic or something. Right, right. Uh, she immediately blamed Trump. Not only did she blame Trump, she blamed Jews that supported Trump, like because she said in her tweet, "You know, I, I hope all you Jews were happy with with the embassy move um, in a place that you don't live." And, and and then after that, she started going after Glenn Beck, who's who's very like. Like pro-Israel, pro-Jewish people, right. uh, and saying and saying things to them like, "Oh, we don't want you standing with us. You know, you're part of the problem." And, and her evidence of him being part of the problem was an old show he did about George Soros. And it annoys me to no end now how, how all of a sudden the last new sort of thing is the fact is the idea that any criticism of George Soros is anti-Semitic. This is blatantly false. I mean, I've written pieces crit- critical of, of George Soros. Um, that that uh, line, Soros, yeah, that the whole yeah. you can't attack George Soros thing is just laughable. George Soros is as Jewish as I am the Queen of England. Okay, I mean this is yeah. I, I don't even know at this point how you can classify George Soros as 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 Jewish. He certainly isn't religious. He certainly he certainly hates Israel and and you know it, it. Yeah, that that is it's laughable. And, yeah, so I don't really understand that, but um, and also with uh, what, what was the 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 woman from the Atlantic? What's her name again? Sorry, I don't have uh, her tweets in, in front of me. Uh, it's uh, it's uh, <laughs> Julia Ioff. Right, right. See, but that line of thinking, the whole you know, the Jews had it coming because they did X, Y, or Z. That is, you know, people like to compare uh, Trump to Hitler, but that is a Hitlerian thing to say. I mean, that is that that line is as old as anti-Semitism is itself. Is you know blaming the Jews for whatever happens to them? That is that is right out of the Hitler playbook. Yeah, it is. I mean, it is kind of irony that I hear Julia Ioff is is, rant, is is ranting about you know how unsafe she feels here in America more than worse than she ever did in, more so than she ever did in Russia, which of course in Russia they actually murder journalists. Right. Um, and I mean, here, here she is, you know, like you know blaming Jews for you know and and and. and re- and giving that same sort of like anti-Semitic sort of reasoning 
you know, for, for the for the attack happening. It's, uh, I mean, she's really got gone off the deep end, I think. Um, right. So, uh, but yeah, no, I mean, the, but the, the Soros thing, it's, uh, it, it, like, it, I mean, you, you're totally right about what you're saying earlier, because, like, George Soros has said that, like, even though he's Jewish by blood, like, he's not really, you know, he's, not only is he secular, he doesn't really consider himself to be Jewish per se. You know, I mean, he talks about how his mother was always kind of ashamed to be Jewish. Um, and it's also worth noting that George Soros, when he was a teenager, he helped the Nazis confiscate uh, property from Jews. Um, and, and later on, he, he said in an interview that, 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 that he had no regrets about it. and He was actually kind of happy with what he, with what he did. You right. know? Um, and it, it's funny how People on the left try and sort of um, dismiss that or say, oh, it's uncorroborated. It's like, no, there is a transcript. There is video where he says this. Like, this is not conspiracy theory stuff. And also, George Soros funds, like, pro-BDS organizations. Right, right. It's, it's, and, and, yeah. it's absolute insanity, man. And look, and there, there's always been anti-Semitism on both sides of the political aisle in the United States going back hundreds of years. Um, yeah. And it, it, anti-Semitism is never going to go away. It's, it hasn't gone away in 4,000 years, and unfortunately it's just not going to. But right now, there's no anti-Semitism on the right that isn't immediately condemned. When anti-Semitism is, is yeah. pretty rampant within the Democratic Party, I mean, the, the number two guy at the DNC, Keith Ellison, is an open anti-Semite. Uh, Minnesota is about to elect an anti-Semitic congresswoman next week. Um, it, it, it's pretty rare oh, yeah. within the Democratic Party, so it's just rich that these people that harbor anti-Semites, it, like Louis Farrakhan, for God's sakes, and we don't need to get into Farrakhan, but you know that that harbor this kind of thought within their own party is are trying to turn it into like an anti-Trump attack that makes absolutely no sense. But you know, our, our thoughts and prayers, obviously, with with everybody affected in Pittsburgh, um, it's just a, a tragic, a tragic situation that I, I hope never happens again. Um, another another piece of news breaking, I believe it was Friday, is that the mail bomber um, responsible for sending, I, I believe, 13 uh, pipe bombs to different prominent Democrats has been caught. Obviously, I'm not going to repeat his name either, but he was a 56-year-old Florida man. Um, you know, sidebar, of course, it's Florida man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course, yeah. Um, but this guy is a crazy person. He has over a dozen prior arrests going back almost 30 years. Um, obviously, there was a lot of conspiracy theories, like, oh, maybe it's like a left-winger that, you know, wants to make conservatives look bad or something like that. It seems like this guy's just a, a right-wing loon bag. Um, he was, like, apparently living in this old van with, with like, pro-Trump stickers all over it. The guy was clearly nuts. Um, he was he was on steroids. He'd been arrested for selling steroids. So who, who knows if he was even in his right mind. Um, but this is about what I thought, just a crazy lunatic who... Apparently didn't really know how to make bombs because none of them went off. Thank God. Um, but yeah, yeah, a, a, a crazy loon bag about what about what we thought. Yeah, pretty much. Um, and of course, once again, like the media tries to blame Trump for. It. They're like, oh, he may not have called for violence, but you know, some people are, are susceptible to radicalization. It's like, well, what did Trump say that was so radical to make this guy go off? It's like, what? He's critical of Hillary or of the media? Like, wow. Okay. I mean, that's like that's big. See all of us here here on the right. Um, so I mean, yeah, I mean, this this guy was just he's clearly he was clearly a certain individual. And if you look at that van that, that was frequently parked um, in, in from a kosher supermarket, actually, which is which is kind of bizarre. 
Like, I don't know why nobody said anything. Like, because it was clearly the van that this guy was disturbed. I mean, right. it, it has the hallmarks of, of like, you know, of um, of a disturbed individual. You expect to see like a movie or something, the, the way that van looks. So I don't, I don't know why nobody like said anything about it, you know, or or, or so. Right. And I mean, just side note, I mean, if you have more than like two or three stickers on a giant white van. Um, you should probably just be arrested. You should probably just surrender to the police yeah. preemptively. <laughs> I would agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And as somebody that does travel the country yeah. in a giant white van with my rock and roll band, I, this guy's really giving white van drivers a horrible, horrible name. Um, yeah. But, I, but predictably, the media tried to, to make this all about Trump as well. But I'm old enough to remember a year ago when a Bernie Sanders uh, supporter tried to assassinate 20% of the Republican Congressional Caucus, shooting Steve Scalise and two Capitol Police officers. And nobody was blaming Bernie Sanders for this because, I mean, Bernie Sanders didn't pull the trigger, therefore it's not his fault. Um, obviously, the same metric is not used when it's somebody on the right. Yeah, it's all, it's also like, it's all, they all, the media also have have amnesia about, about that shooting, too, because they kept saying, oh, like, this, this bombing attempt is, like, one of the biggest mass... Uh, political assassination tips in history, and it's like, well, hello, what happened a year ago when someone actually, you know, almost died? You know, I, I'm, I'm not trying to like, you know, what about it here? But like, but you know, it's, it's a, but it, it, the media just, like you said, there's no consistency there. It's, it's like, it's, it was like all day on Friday, like we were getting lectured about about Trump's rhetoric, about radicalization and stuff. But yeah, Bernie Sanders' rhetoric was never condemned by the media, and the shooter actually, actually, as he was shooting the congressman, he shouted for health care, you know. And Bernie Sanders, of course, has been talking about about how Republicans want people to die, you know, or people will die for the Republicans' health care plans. And so, I mean, like, obviously, Bernie is not responsible for for the shooting attempt because never called for violence against Republicans. But I mean, if we're going to get into a battle of which rhetoric is more heated, I think Bernie's and the, and the Democrats' rhetoric when it comes to health care is more heated, I think, than Trump's rhetoric on just about anything. I think. Uh, I mean, I would agree that Trump's rhetoric isn't always helpful, but I don't. Uh, but if we're talking about like rhetoric that incites, I think the Democrats' rhetoric is far, far worse in that regard because they paint Republicans as evil and they want you to die and so forth. You know, Trump just says, like, you know, Trump calls people stupid. I mean, it's I, I don't even know how, how you can make that comparison um, and say that Trump's rhetoric is worse uh, than the Democrats. Right. I, I don't really think you can. And I, I don't like a lot of Trump's rhetoric either. I think you're completely right there. But if you're looking at which side has the more violent rhetoric, I mean, Trump has annoying rhetoric. He's very mean to his political opponents. Yeah. I, I mean, the only violent rhetoric from Trump would be, he did say that he basically approved of uh, Congressman Greg Gianforte body slamming a reporter. Um, that was pretty bad. That was that was bad. Not helping or hurting. Mr. Yeah. President, are you helping or hurting? But if you look at the, you know, which side has the, the more violent rhetoric, the Democrats have, have been spewing extremely violent rhetoric the last couple years, I mean, saying that there can be no civility with Republicans, saying get in their face, harass them where they sleep. I mean, that that's like yeah. you know breaking and entering, right? I mean, <laughs> you know, encouraging people to break into the yeah. homes of Republicans and harass them. I, I think the the lion share, at least, of the the violent, the the truly violent rhetoric is coming from the left. So let's just transition. We're obviously eight days away from the midterm election. 
the Democrats are really hoping yeah. that these two attacks in Pittsburgh and, and with the, the mail bombings or attempted bombings, um, they're really hoping that that's going to help their chances in the midterms. I don't think, I don't know. And obviously we're not going to know until election day because in a lot of these states, especially going down to the congressional races, there's not enough time in eight days to get reliable polling data on this short of notice and see if these attacks uh, are going to impact anything. I would honestly be surprised if one way or the other, either one of these events really impacts the vote. I, I don't know. What do you think? Obviously, the Democrats think that, you know, they have some winning talking points here. I just don't think, for better or for worse, on either side, that these attacks are really going to affect the vote next Tuesday. Yeah, I'm not sure how this would affect the vote either way on, on Tuesday, because I think at this point, you know, the Democrats are going to turn out because they hate Trump. Um, so that, so they're, they're just, that, the turnouts is still going to be uh, good for the Democrats. The question all along was going to turn out for Republicans because there are a lot of Republicans. I have some who are lukewarm about Trump, the Republican Congress. Uh, some are just like, eh, you know, who cares about the polls? You know, we, we don't need to vote. But I think that's what happened with Kavanaugh. I think the right is now united um, against Democrats. They've seen what they're capable of. And want to get them out of power as much as possible, even that means holding your nose and voting for some less than stellar candidates. Um, so I, I think I think both those things are, are what's going to drive turnout, um, and I'm, I don't see how how any of these attacks that have happened are going to you know affect that one way or the other. Right. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And we can do a little bit of uh, uh, we can do some predictions for for next Tuesday, as futile an effort as that usually is, because I mean yeah. eight, eight days may as well be eight months at this point. I mean with this news cycle, yeah. you, you just never know what's going to happen, but. Look, a month ago, even two months ago, even a month ago, I would I would I would have been absolutely shocked if the Republicans maintained control of the House. Um, I would still be surprised. I, I do think the Democrats, uh, I would give them better than a 50 50 chance to pick up the House. But I don't think it would shock me if they if they fall short. Yeah, it, it would shock me either just because of how the polls have tied in lately of favor Republicans. Um, in fact, last week there was a poll that came out that had Republicans having more favorabil- have better favorability numbers uh, than the Democrats do. So, I mean, again, we'll, we'll see how it plays out into these competitive House races. But yeah, it's not the question that the Republicans keep the House. Um, so, we'll, 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 see, we'll have to see about that. You know, I, I don't know like, which of the House will go. I would, I would, if I were a betting man, I would say it would, be, it would go to the Democrats. But, you know, but we don't know. I mean, we'll see. But the Senate for sure. Um, I think Republicans will pick up a few seats, a few seats in the Senate for sure, which is arguably more important, um, you know, because we could see another SCOTUS vacancy or two um, in, the next, in the next couple of years, and um, you know, and and have a, a better Senate majority, a stronger Senate majority for the Republicans, and would ensure uh, someone like Amy Comey Barrett gets gets confirmed. Right. Um, and of course, if that happens, then this could be a major bloodbath from the left, but. You know, I mean, uh, I, I ho- hopefully the Republicans are ready for it uh, after happened with Kavanaugh. Right. And and as of now on the Senate side, obviously Heidi Heitkamp in North Dakota is, is cooked. I think she's absolutely toast. Oh, she's done. Yeah. Yeah. The Republicans are picking up that seat. It looks like Josh Hawley um, is consistently ahead two or three points over Claire McCaskill yeah. in Missouri. Yeah, that's, that's that good. He, he's a good guy. Yeah. And the, the last uh, several polls have, have shown Joe Donnelly in Indiana underwater as well. 
So honestly, I think it's it's fairly safe to say that that Republicans pick up those three seats. Um, there's an outside chance they could pick up Bill Nelson's seat in Florida, um, John Tester's seat possibly in Montana. And it's not looking like uh, any of the vulnerable uh, Republicans are going to lose their seat. It looks like Dean Heller is comfortably ahead in Nevada. I don't think Martha McSally is going to lose to Kirsten Cinema, who has proven to be probably the worst candidate yeah. of all time. And uh, uh, Marsha Blackburn is up big um, over over uh, former Governor Bredesen in Tennessee. So yeah, it's looking like it's the Republicans. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> right. And uh, yeah, Taylor Swift. You know, she made her career uh, singing about how. You know, she has a terrible taste in men, and then she endorses um, this old leftist. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. (laughs) Yeah, but uh, so it's looking like none of the vulnerable Republicans are going to lose their seats at all, more than likely, and and we could pick up three, maybe even four seats in the Senate. And like like you said, you know, having a 55-45 or you know 54-46 majority in the Senate would would make me a lot more comfortable. Um, you know, if there is another SCOTUS vacancy. And then also, look, if, if the Democrats yeah. take the House, they can impeach Trump all they want. Obviously, the Senate would never vote to, to remove Trump from office. And that would actually probably yeah. backfire on the Democrats. If you remember in 1998, uh, you know, the Republicans took a shellacking in the House um, because the American people did not want to see Bill Clinton um, impeached. So, like, impeachment is usually not a winning issue for for the, the party attempting it. So I'm not really too worried about that. Yeah, I mean, I, I would agree that it'll probably backfire on them if they get the House and they just do impeachment stuff all day. Um, I, I mean, I think the one thing that, that, that would concern me is just, is I mean, the impeachment stuff as it is the fact that, you know, all of the subpoenas and all that stuff it's, would probably be distracting for Trump. But I, I think Trump hopefully would just sort of like just kind of tune them out and just kind of do and just kind of continue to do what he's doing. He's not very good um, at and yeah, and, yeah, hopefully, and <laughs> Well, yeah, but the, yeah, I mean that's part of the, that's part of the problem though is that he is that he doesn't. Um, so, you know, I, I just hope that if the, if the Democrats do take the House, that it doesn't distract Trump too much from, you know, the good policies he's done so far. So, right. You know, so ho- hopefully that you know the policy the policy continues, and then backfires on, on Democrats in 2020. You know, and the Republicans gain, um, you know. Have have full control over uh, Congress again, um, so we'll see. Though I mean, it's you know, it's hard to predict things anymore with this news cycle. So right. you know, right? You just never kind of, know. Kind of bust luck and get ready for anything. Yeah, you just never know, and you know, we'll we'll wait and see. We're eight days out. So all right, Aaron, I will let you go, and I appreciate it. I'll definitely have you back on soon. Uh, where can everybody read your stuff and follow you on Twitter and all of that good stuff? Uh, you can find you can find me on on JewishJournal.com. You can see the latest story section of the site. Uh, most of the- those are mine, so check it out there. You can also my author page, uh, which is jewishjournal.com slash author slash abandler323. Uh, you can also follow me on Twitter, at uh, bandlersbanter. Um, and, uh, yeah, you know, ch- check out our stuff. Definitely. Everybody follow Aaron. He is great. Um, that's all I got for today. I'm Brady Leonard. I will be back on Wednesday. No gimmicks. Um.